What is up, everyone? Welcome into the first ever episode of the Dynasty Dogs podcast brought to you by Wind Daily Sports. I am your host, Michael Anthony. With me is my best friend here, Rich McAteer. Rich, say hello to the people. Yahoo! What's going on, everybody? So basically what we're going to be doing uh, throughout the year is going giving you Dynasty content, you know, our buys and sells. But in this case, we're going to be doing it a little differently, calling it our dog tags. And who's going to the dog house? So again, if you're getting the dog tag, that's somebody we want on our roster, somebody we're going to be drafting, somebody we're going to be looking to acquire. Um, and the dog house is somebody maybe we're looking to stay away from or maybe not want to acquire them at their current value. <clears throat> so let's go, you know, let's just give a little bit of background about ourselves. We're both from the Philadelphia area. Uh, I've been doing fantasy football now since 2006. Uh, feels like forever. This is my second year. <laughs> Rich, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, like you, I've been doing fantasy football for since 2006, but normally in a redraft year. Uh, this year is my very first year as a dynasty fantasy football player. It uh, very enticing, very fun looking. You kind of drug me into it. You know, I, didn't, I didn't have to put up a big fight. Um, <laughs> I love everything that is fantasy football. So it's going to be a fun year. So what is it that you like about dynasty football as opposed to, I guess, redraft? So my thing would be every year I feel like I have the best team in the world. I put together, you know, I spent countless hours, you know, putting together stats, uh, putting together spreadsheets of guys standing in line at Target, buying that magazine that I see to get me every damn time, circling guys. <laughs> and the draft day comes, you know, I'm pumped. I draft my team. I go through. I'm like, yeah, this team's awesome. And at the end of the year, i got to give that team up. So, you know, Dynasty, it's like I don't have to give that team up. I just nope. have to be very, very, very meticulous with my picks. Um, you know, go through. It's kind of a lengthy uh, lengthy draft, to say the least. Um Ours took, <laughs> what, like three so weeks almost? Two weeks, two and a half weeks, yeah. It did. Yeah. Um, um, it reminds me a lot of Madden, which is why I love it so much. You know, you mm -hmm. add and drop players throughout the year, even when the season's over. You have a rookie draft, just like you do in the NFL. I, I just think it brings a whole different level to, like, managing your own team. You know what I mean? It's fun that to was do that. That was always my favorite thing in Madden, too. You'd almost, like, simulate through the whole season so you can do those, make those trades, you know, make those roster uh, roster moves, you know, make the um, the acquisitions that you always wanted. But this is, like, real life. You're playing it in real life. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that is what the most drawing interest is for right. Dynasty football. Yeah, I, that's what got me sucked into it. And uh, look at me now. Look at us now. <laughs> Who, who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thought? Not, Not us. <laughs> Not us. But uh, again, so today what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing a little exercise. Uh, we're going to go through the NFC East, of course, because we're Philadelphia Eagles fans. Uh, Rich here is going to be giving you his dog tags and dog house players for the Philadelphia Eagles. Rich, take it away. All righty. So my dog tag for the Philadelphia Eagles has got to be the Slim Reaper, Devontae Smith. I'll give you wide receiver one numbers. Without that A.J. Brown price tag, we know A.J. Brown's going top of the first round, you know, very early, could be, you know, maybe maybe six, seven, who knows. Um, Devontae Smith last that's year. In a, had, that's in a one one QB lead, correct? Cause, yeah. Okay. 
Just want to make sure yeah. we're you know we're yeah using two QB two QB league. It's a uh, it's 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 quarterbacks the whole whole first and a whole second. But yeah. um, Devontae Smith last season had ninety five receptions, almost twelve hundred yards with eleven ninety six. He averaged twelve point six yards per with seven touchdowns. That's pretty good numbers. If you ask mm-hmm. me, his uh, his sleeper ADP is thirty three point two, and um, last year he averaged fifteen points per game uh, fantasy game. So that ended, that ended his season as wide receiver nine, which is pretty pretty decent. Um, definitely for the value at thirty three point two. Um, I think that provides great value. Like I said, um, you'll get high end wide receiver two numbers with low end wide receiver one numbers as you know the floor. So in any case. That's that's pretty pretty decent value. Um, he's a former Heisman Trophy winner, which provides pedigree. You know what I mean? He's a professional. He's a consummate professional, and I would do anything to get him onto my team. That not only that, I, we love him as Eagles fans, don't we? Because that's somebody Absolutely. I don't want to see go at all. Right. Uh, I agree with everything you said. Um, he's been a very consistent player since he's been drafted. I think he's even improved. Uh, if you look at his. Uh, reception perception it is off the charts that's it you know he he can't be touched right now he provides you consistent numbers yep he has a connection with Jalen Hurts I think you know like I said low end by receiver one numbers is an excellent floor you know what I mean 15 points anytime anytime you get double digit points out of a guy you're having a good game Mm -hmm. you know what I mean that's what we want especially especially in PPR format I don't know these uh, fossil people that are doing non PPR. I don't even. I don't. I don't think I've ever played as non PPR. Uh, I'm in one, and it's it, it is it's, it's it's rough out there. <laughs> yeah, I think that you need to retire, take the ball, and go home. That one's that one's rough. <laughs> uh, you got anything more on Devonte, or you're going into your dog house? Nah, my dog house, unfortunately, is that Rashad Penny. I feel okay. as though he's he's always hurt. Unfortunately, he's always hurt because he had so much promise. He was a first-round pick. Um, he kind of has that like almost like bulldozer-type running back that I love. I love the north-south running back, the guy who runs right up the middle and just bulldozes through people. You know, me and you remember, obviously, Jordan Howard um, was here for, for a cup of coffee and a half, and he would just run through guys. Um, loved it. I, I would get the sense like that from him, but he's never he can never stay on the field. Plus, with DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift coming in, DeAndre Swift, I think, is hands down the lead back. Um, he's a receiving back. You know, um, Jalen Hurts loves to dump out, you know, kick it out to the uh, to the running back, pass it off to the running back, or take it for himself. So there's not many times that, you know, he'll drop back and just hand, it all, hand the ball off. And I feel like that's the type of runner that Rashad Penny is. And with all that, I think that makes a scary combination for fantasy production, unfortunately. Right. So I, I'm 100% with you. I actually am staying away from Eagles running backs in general. Um, unfortunately, they are a running back by committee type team. They've always been that way. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, it seems like, you know, Miles Sanders was here for years. And I always thought of him as a decent pass catching back, right? <laughs> for what? Why didn't we use him more often? Like, why? why was that not happening? I don't know, and I always got the sense from Miles Sanders whenever he did, did get the ball um, that he always tried to do way more than what was expected just because it was like he almost thought like he wasn't getting the ball ever again. So he's like, right. all right, I got to make these flashy plays. I got to run, uh, you know, east and west, which I can't stand. Um, 
but he always had to try to do more than what he actually should have done. And I think that ultimately came down to his demise. But yeah, I never, never understood why they didn't utilize him more. Right. And I, I felt like, especially even last year with how good he was, I felt like you said they could have used him more and in better situations, if that makes any sense, you know, yeah, like he does not that power back like Penny gives you. So I don't know. And I think they tried to drive him up the middle. And like you said, he's going East and West. Yeah. And you know what? You're absolutely right with the, the, the running back by committee. The Eagles have done that for quite some time now and it's always worked out well. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of add Jalen Hurts to the mix of that running game. And I think that also kind of hinders, you could say Penny and Swift at this point, maybe it'll change, but not likely he'll, he kind of vultures the, the rushing touchdowns away. Right. You know what I mean? So, so that kind of always sucks when that happens. So is it fair to say possibly both Eagles running backs go to the doghouse or are you just more comfortable putting Penny in there? I'm more comfortable putting Penny there just because, you know, he's been – and Swift has dealt with his injuries, but I think Swift is more of a versatile back. Like yeah, I, agree. I think Bert, he can line up outside, he line up in the slot if he needed to. You know, he's, he's a pass-catching back. I think that kind of helps, gives him the edge mm-hmm. over guys. And for the for you know at very least, they gave up something to get him. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? They didn't just sign him off, you know, to a free agent deal. They gave up something to bring him in. So I think that automatically puts him at the top of the list. Yeah, I I can agree with you on that. I I think I do think like you said, Swift is the safer of the two. But mm-hmm. I am concerned as to what happened with Swift in Detroit. To be honest, like why was he put out to the doghouse? Yeah, I, that was kind of weird, you know, because, you, you know, in seasons past, and even I think this last past season, he was either top of the first um, or or very, very uh, beginning of the second, or I, I should say bottom of the, yeah, bottom of the first, very beginning of the second um, round in redraft. And then he kind of just fell off. They can't, they fell in love with Williams. And then obviously drafting Gibbs made him expendable, but I think, and not for nothing, Howie's always made his bones with getting the very best out of someone, especially on a last year of deal. You remember Jay Ajayi, um, Swift is on the last year of his deal, so I think they get every single thing they can out of him. Right. And that, that could also add to Swift's value because you see how guys ball out when it's their last their contract year. Obviously, Miles Sanders last year, it was his last year, he was the highest paid running back off the free agent market so far yeah yeah so, so far is right yeah um all right so let's get into my dog tag and doghouse with the new york <laughs> football giants uh, my dog tag is darren waller tight end um last year he only played about nine games he had 43 targets 28 receptions 388 yards and three touchdowns so his uh fantasy points per game was an average of 9.4. So if you average that out to 17 games, he actually would have had 159.8 fantasy points instead of the 84.8 that he ended with. So that would have moved him from tight end 31 to tight end uh, tight end 6, I'm sorry. So there, there was a lot of meat left on that bone if he would have played a full 17. Unfortunately, injuries are a concern with him because it's it's happened throughout his career. But if he's healthy, man, and that 
Giants wide receiver room is wide open. Like mm-hmm. there is not. I think you not could too suit many up, guys. Honestly. What's that? I said I think you could suit up. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> probably not. Um, <laughs> there's not many guys that are as athletically gifted as Darren Waller is, right? And he brings a different dimension. Like they have a lot of speed guys on that team, right? And I think Darren Waller mm-hmm. is just going to eat in the middle of the field. He's actually being drafted right now. Uh, his ADP is 96.3 going around Pat, Pat Fryermuth. Jeez, can't get that one out. Um, I would honestly take a stab at Waller over Fryermuth, especially if I'm trying to win now. What do you I think would, about that? I agree with you. Uh, definitely Waller over Fryermuth, just because, again, Fryermuth and Pittsburgh, I think, you know, they, they just they drafted a guy who was once he was high on the board and then right. fell due to injury in Washington, um, tight end out of Alabama. But I do think it is kind of crazy to see that um, Darren Waller turned it on so kind of late mm-hmm. in his career. You know, he played three years in Baltimore and wasn't really anything and then shined in Oakland. But do you think the um, scenery change going from Las Vegas, well, Oakland slash Las Vegas, because he was there for both two New York, do you think that has anything to do, you know, his production goes down? Do you think with, you know, Danny Dimes, ah, I've never been high on that that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the scenery change for him is going to be positive because it, everything out of Oakland or Las Vegas has kind of been a train wreck for the past few years. You know what I mean? Yeah. John Gruden, Josh McDaniels, who knows what's happening over there. Derek Carr is out, which we all thought Derek Carr was going to be a forever, you know, Raider. Yeah, Devontae Adams is pissed off. So who knows what that team is? I do think the Giants are, believe it or not, like an up-and-coming team. Brian uh, Dayball seems to be running a very good organization over there. I agree with that. I I think he, like I said, I think Darren Waller is going to be a pleasant surprise this year. And he did sign a three-year deal with them. So I do think they have him in their, like, immediate future plans, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, so... um... Okay. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, you know, scenery change is sometimes, you know, good for the guy. Um, in, in our, you know, personal, I feel like I hope I hope he's not good because we're Eagles fans. Yeah. So, um, no, but he was always a guy that I was always high on that I was at on the, you know, my draft radar. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, with the, the comparable ADPs, and if, I'm, if it comes down to it, who's on the board? Is it Waller or Firemuth? I'm going with Waller. Okay. So I agree yeah, with you. Yeah, I, there, I sure. 100% agree with you. That's why I'm giving him the old dog tag. <laughs> so my dog house is a guy I was not very high on coming into the draft. It is Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver. Currently ADP is 139.9. Uh last year he had 67 receptions, 120 Oh no, sorry. 1267 yards and 15 touchdowns. That that's pretty damn impressive, right? Yeah. But then why was he taken in the third round? Why was he supposed to be a first round pick all of a sudden out of nowhere drops to the third round like right what, you know what are we what are what's missing in Jalen Hyde that uh, that was a red flag for me because going all the pre-draft process was he's a first round pick he might even be the first wide receiver off the board all of a sudden again third round pick I I don't know I don't know about him if when I looked at reception perception a lot of his routes He's running are, you know, nine routes, vertical routes, dig routes, curl routes. Very limited. Very, very, very limited route tree. Can he can he become a more uh 
versatile route runner than what he is right now. I mean, possibly, right. but it, it was look it was like he was being, you know, wide open every game in Tennessee. But is that the scheme or is that him? Because it seems like it might have been the scheme. No, I agree with that. I I wonder just because you know you say he's limited in college. Is it in fact just college? Guys are kind of limited in the route they run. You get to mm-hmm. the NFL, and it obviously expands things, com- become much more complicated and complex. Um, and another thing you said, he, you know, New York's wide receiver room is wide open. So, you know, maybe he does succeed, but like you said, Waller's going to be eaten. So, right. And a lot I of their wide receivers, so you got Darius Slayton, you got Jalen Hyatt, you have uh, Wandale Robinson, Paris Campbell signed there. They have a lot of speed. Like, they're a lot of the similar wide receivers. Like, I, I don't understand what they're, they're... throwing four verticals. So that's what it is. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're throwing hitting four yeah. verticals. Hail Marys. <laughs> Hail yep. Marys every play. I, I don't know. I I don't yeah. think he's better than Wandale Robinson. I like Wandale a lot. I was actually going to put him as my dog tag, but I decided to go Waller. I like Wandale a lot. I think Darius Slayton has been a very consistent wide receiver there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Paris Campbell, if healthy... He looked pretty good in Indy last year. Like, he wasn't blowing the doors off anybody, but, I mean, again, another vert threat. Right. I, I just don't see where Jalen Hyatt fits in there. That's kind of why, like, that's kind of why I got to put him in the doghouse. I'm not taking him. I, honestly, I'm staying away from him. I wasn't a fan. Again, his route tree is very limited. He He's, you know, not very good against zone coverage. I, I don't know. <laughs> Who is he comparable with? Who's his ADP? His ADP is around guys like Marvin Mims. Uh, okay. I think I'd rather take a shot on Marvin Mims if I'm going to yep. be building like a young team. Uh, yeah. Another guy I'm going to mention here tonight, he goes around, is uh, Brandon Cooks. Okay. I, I think if I'm in win now mode, I'm definitely taking Cooks. Oh, reliable. Oh, reliable is right. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I'm staying away from Jalen Hyatt. Okay. So. Uh, you want to go in with your Washington one? Yeah, my Washington Commanders dog tag would have to go to Antonio Gibson. Okay. Now you may like be that. saying, you know, Antonio Gibson's yardage last year wasn't wasn't spectacular to say the least. He had 149 attempts with only uh, 546 yards, 3.7 per with three TDs, but had 46 receptions. And every season in his professional career, he's had double-digit receptions. And the reason why he gets the dog tag is because of not necessarily his numbers that I just read you, but the new offensive coordinator in Eric Bieniemy, who's running the running the offense in um, Washington. He loves the pass, uh, the passing, the pass catching back. You know what I mean? He loves mm-hmm. to throw the ball to the running back. And Antonio Gibson is that guy. He's the receiving back. You know, he, like I said, had 46 receptions last year. So he's that guy who's going to catch the ball out of the backfield. And I feel as though that that's the way that their offense is going to run. Um, if you watch any Kansas City games for the last couple of years, that's a big part of their offense. Um, so I can't imagine that he's not going to just bring it right over to Washington and do likely the same. His, AD, his sleeper ADP is 125.8. Um, I feel like that, like I said, with the reception capability, I feel like that's great value. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's you know that's that's a great value pick. He's going to catch the ball. I and with Sam with Sam Howell, you think you know they're going forward with him? Maybe you know they form a connection. I 100% agree with you. Even like right now, you know, in this 
offseason that we have. Eric Bieniemy has been, you know, one saying he wants to get Antonio Gibson more involved. And um, I think that's something <laughs> us fantasy owners like to hear. Yeah. Yeah, we were high on him last year. Um, and it didn't kind of pan out for us. But now every time, you know, new quarterback, new new coach comes in, you kind of feel refreshed. And you're like, oh, man, it's like the, the slate is wiped clean for the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's definitely that guy. Now, with that being said, the doghouse, it's got to be Brian Robinson. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you know, everything we know what happened with him last year. He he was projected to be, you know, the great back. He was going to be the lead back. And then, you know, unfortunately, you know, the crimes committed, unfortunately, with him, came back, looked good. But like I said, you got Eric Bieniemy there who is going to throw the ball to the, the running back, and he's just not the, the, the receiving back. And his, He's a very ground-and-pound ground ground type back, and that's yeah. not really been the, well, the Kansas City way for a long right. time. And we know, like you said, Eric Bieniemy's been running that offense for – Years now. Right. So, like, like, do you think he comes in and completely changes his entire way he's been coaching football, you know, for 20-plus no. years? Or do you think he goes right back to, you know, the way he's been doing it, pass, pass catching backs? And Brian Robinson's sleeper ADP is 120.6. That puts him comparable with Antonio Gibson. So, if I'm looking, and with this knowledge that I have, saying – I know Eric Bieniemy likes to throw the ball to the running back. Who am I going to take if Robinson or Gibson's there? I'm taking yeah, Gibson. Yeah, give me Gibson. Yep, give me Gibson. And through no fault of his own, that's just where that's where you know Robinson ends up. Okay, yeah, I agree. Would you say, for instance, someone came to your door and asked you, "Hey, you have Brian Robinson on your team. I want him. I'll give you a second round pick in 2023. Are you taking it?" Besides being really creeped out that someone's coming to my door and asking me that, yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I'll be like, all right, there you go. Yeah, same here. Same here. Yeah. I, I mean, the guys you could get around that area are, you know, Michael Mayer, tight end, uh, Tank Bigsby. Um, I love Marvin Michael Mims. Mayer, by the way. Yeah, so do I. We'll get we'll get to him eventually. Um, I, I would take a lot of those guys over Brian Robinson. So I agree. I you got on the Cowboys. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to go into those dreaded damn Cowboys. Uh, We mentioned him earlier, who I'm going to give my dog tag to. It's Brandon Cooks, Mr. Old Reliable, currently with a sleeper ADP ADP of 141.3. Last year, he only played 13 games. There was some, you know, rumors coming out that he was very unhappy in Houston. It seems to be the case because he left and he went and signed with Dallas. He still had, you know, 57 receptions, 699 yards, and uh, three TDs, which, I mean, through 13 games doesn't sound like much, but I I don't know. They had Davis Mills at quarterback. Would you say Davis Mills is a downgrade over Dak? I would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dak is a substantial upgrade. You as know? much as Dak- I can't stand that guy, yeah. Yeah. And he brings something to that offense that Dallas doesn't really have as a vertical threat. Um, I think obviously CD lamb is above and beyond the wide receiver one on that team, mm-hmm. right? Physically gifted, athletically gifted, but Brandon cooks brings something to that offense that they really don't have someone that could just take the top off of defense. You know, I um, agree with you. And I think he adds the, the ability to open up the, the wide receiver, you know, to open it, open up the field for them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got CD out there. Who's obviously going to demand double coverage. You got Michael Gallup who is finally back and healthy. And then you got cooks on, you know, either 
as the slot guy who can get you, you know, consistent points all the time, or he can burn you down the middle, you know what I mean? Or burn you outside. It's, I think, unfortunately for us, like I said, as Eagles fan, and great for the Cowboys is they got a guy, like you said, all reliable. You can throw the ball to him and he's going to catch the ball. He's going to get you points. Unfortunately, our biggest memory of Brandon Cooks is him getting laid out in the Super Bowl. <laughs> but uh, That'll live but, forever uh, to be honest, in my I mind. Think, to be honest, though, the new team, the new offense, a better quarterback, like just the change of scenery for him could be what he needs to get back to what he was in New Orleans and uh, the Rams and even in New England. Like he, 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 He's a very solid wide receiver. I agree, but there's always something in the back of my mind like why has he been with so many teams? Because I think people can, or teams look at like vertical wide receivers as very replaceable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because okay. speed always comes and goes. But I think yeah. Brandon, like I'm, he has been injured a bit. But I think on this team with the players that they have, he is, I think he's an upgrade over Michael Gallup. Like I would take Cooks over okay. Gallup. All right, that's a that's a bold that's a bold statement right there. I mean, we've seen we've seen uh, Cooks, you know, do it over and over again. Yeah. Be a consistent no, I, wide no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I know a lot of people are high on Gallup and have been, and then been let down with injuries. But so if I was so let's let me ask you this about Cooks. If you're a contending team again, if you're a rebuilder, I would take the opposite here. But mm-hmm. if I'm a contending team, I would take two seconds for, or I would give two seconds for Brandon Cooks. If I'm a contender. And do you think, you think Cooks is putting you over the top then, obviously? Yeah, I think if, like, obviously, if I have solid wide receivers, if I need somebody to come in and give me wide receiver three, two numbers, I think Cooks can do that. Okay. If he stays healthy. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the big, the big if. Mm Mm-hmm. I I would, another trade I saw was uh, Jacoby Myers in a third for Cooks. Again, I'm taking that. I I I'm super intrigued by Myers. I don't want to go Are off you? topic, but yeah, I did just because I think to change it. Like I said, that just seems to be our theme here tonight. Uh, change of scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think going out going out to Las Vegas. I think that could help him. Um, he was always solid in New England, but mm-hmm. I, I like I said, if this is more of a trying to win now piece than mm-hmm. opposed to uh, a rebuilding piece. If I'm rebuilding, I'm taking those two seconds. Even if I um rebuilding, I might not. Maybe I would take the Meyer side, but I do think Cooks can put somebody over the, you know, mm-hmm. over the hump. Yeah, so. he he always has the big play capability, always the big, you know, big point gain. Um, I agree. I think he, if you're win now mode, I think he could put you over the top. And he could give you a, you know, fifteen point performance, whereas you might be getting your, you know, a nine in there. If you didn't have cooks. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. So my dog house is somebody that's probably going to be considered a hot take because he's one of the hot running backs right now. I'm going to go with Tony Pollard. I think his price tag is a little too high. And what I'm going to, I'm going to get into that. Um, last year he rushed 193 times, uh, 1,007 yards, nine TDs. He added on 39 receptions, 371 yards and three TDs. Um, he also had Zeke Elliott who came in and rushed for 231 times. You know what I mean? So he mm. was the change of pace back. Yeah. So he's, now that he's the main guy, right. You're saying that maybe he m- might have bitten off more than he can chew. That's what I'm thinking. 
That's what I'm thinking. He last year he did finish a uh, running back eight, so that's a very good start to his career as a fantasy asset. Right. But right now he's being drafted around guys like Nick Chubb and Najee Harris. Like, if you're trying to win now, who would you rather have in that situation? To me, I would rather have Nick Chubb. I'd yeah, I would rather have say, Najee Harris. I I can attest to that because I took Nick Chubb over Tony Pollard in right. in our redraft or in our dynasty startup. So I can definitely attest to that. I think um, Tony Pollard did have Zeke to kind of spell him from, you know, the every single down. He was a change of pace back, like you said. Now that he's the main guy, does that change? You know, I, I think that's what I'm afraid of. That's why I'm staying away from him at his current, you know, price tag. Uh, right. And with that, you know, it would, like you said, his price tag, you have Nick Chubb, you have Najee Harris, you have Tony Pollard. I don't, th- I think if you look at those three guys, where would you say that you can go wrong at? I think it'd be Pollard. I think, you know, Chubb is safe. I think, mm-hmm. ha- I think Najee Harris is going to have a phenomenal year, phenomenal bounce back year. Much better so, year. Healthy. If it, yep. And if it came down to them three, I think honestly I'm with you. I think it would be he would be the third guy I'd be taking. Yeah, if it was if this was a keep trade cut situation, it would go. Mm-hmm. I'd probably go Najee because we're talking dynasty. He's the younger mm-hmm. asset. Yeah. I would trade Nick Chubb, and I think I would cut Tony Pollard. Yep. Um, I, would you take if someone came to you and offered you a mid first for Tony Pollard? Would you take it? Someone's at my door again. <laughs> um, hello. <laughs> God, I got a weird, I got weird salesman coming up every <laughs> single day with these weird trades. Um, would you, you said what mid first? Mid first. So let's say it's a super flex rookie draft pick. A mid first um, this year gets you, say, Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison, um, Dalton Kincaid. Would you rather have any of those guys or Tony Pollard? Um, I'm super intrigued by Johnston. Um, just because, um, because yeah, I have him on my team, but because um, Williams is always hurt and um, Keenan Allen, unfortunately, is always hurt. Um, I I probably would take it depending on – yeah, I would take it. And I would definitely, definitely take it if it was next year's mid-first because I'm doing – I'll let you know now. I'm doing anything I can to get – up there for Marvin Harrison Jr. You're going to hope oh. that mid-first yep. becomes a, a early just, first. I just want to acquire, and this, I'm going to be like, hey, <laughs> here's all my first for the number one. I want Marvin Harrison Jr. so bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm on board with you with Tony Pollard. I, like I said, he's in my doghouse for a reason. I just – I can't put him over those guys. I can't – I can't – I got to take that mid-first this year for him, you know? Yeah. I, I want to see him have a full year being the RB1 on Dallas. Yeah. You know, no, I agree. So I think we're going to wrap this up for tonight. Uh, you're going to catch us every week. Uh, we're next week. We're going to break down another uh, division and we're going to give you more dog tags and dog houses. This is the dog uh, dynasty dog signing out. and We will see you next week. Later. <laughs>